these ironworks are kind of fun for me. Um, you know, I, one of the things I really am thankful that you guys are willing to do with the general church is that we're willing to go through the Bible. Um, one of the great things about my role here at Athey Creek is I, I don't have to wonder what next Sunday, I hmm, wonder what my topic's gonna be, you know? And, and I talk to my pastor, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm doing a new series and this and that. And I'm like, well, what's your next series? Oh, I don't know. And, and like, it's, it's a stressful thing. Not for me, I know what I'm teaching for the next, well, until I kick the bucket. Uh, uh, like I know my outline's right here. And so it's really great, I love that. Uh, but Ironworks does give me a little bit of a chance to pick topics and um, things that, you know, that, that I do pray about um, and say, Lord, what, what would you have for the men? And part of the Ironworks is our pastoral staff. We, we talk about what are the men going through at Aether Creek and what are the things that we hear and, and word on the street and what are we seeing in our counseling times? And so that's a lot of the topics that I, uh, you know, usually camp out on in these Ironworks comes from those discussions with our, our guys and, and just the finger on the pulse. And one of the things that um, comes up often is how do you become uh, a leadership, uh, you know, uh, man at Ethy Creek. If you want to be an elder, a pastor, a deacon, um, uh, you know, an episcopus or a governing elder or, or a volunteer or like, you know, Sunday school teacher, whatever role of leadership, how do you break in at Ethy Creek? And, um, and uh, I have to admit, uh, we probably haven't done as good of a job as we could as far as coming up with a better plan for that. I'll tell you why, in my defense. Uh, you gotta know there's a bit of history here. Um, when I was a kid, you know, we, we started a church in my house when I was 10 years old. And that church eventually grew to 7,000 people. Um, but um, that's what I grew up with. And man, we had some funny leadership. I can tell you some funny leadership stories uh, uh, back in those days. Cause it was back in the seventies, late seventies. And um, I remember one of the elders that, that uh, my, pastor, my pastor and the team of elders pulled into this group. Uh, he was, it was kind of the hippie day, you know, back and a lot of our guys were ex-hippies coming out of the whole pot smoking. Uh, you know, they, a lot of our elders grew, moved to Oregon just to grow pot. Uh, that, that's why they were there. Um, and, uh, but this one guy, I won't mention his name, um, but he, uh, he became an elder and he was, he, was teach, he was an elder in our church and we we're all like, oh, nice guy, loves the Lord. He's just really Jesus oriented. Um, and then there was a Bible study on Saturday mornings that he was leading and some people came up to us, uh, you know, you guys, um, and you know, I understand I'm like 11 years old when this happened, but I was watching it from the, you know, the wings. And uh, people said, you know, our, your, your elders teaching that, that, you know, marijuana is an herb of the Lord is to be used to enhance your walk with Jesus. And, and, uh, <laughs> and sure enough, he had been teaching that, you know, and we had to go back to that group and say, now, so is poison oak. Poison oak is also an herb of the Lord. <laughs> Uh, but you don't smoke it. So um, we, we were trying to, back in those days, it was actually illegal in Oregon, but that's a whole nother story. But you know, I remember as a little kid, there was an impression that was left with several of our leaders that we chose over the years. And I use the term we lightly, I was just watching mostly. But I remember thinking, whew, you know, that guy probably shouldn't be a leader. There were times I thought that, but then there's other times I'd see a man in leadership and I think, man, that guy is a leader among leaders. And I was able to grow up seeing that up close and watching kind of what a leader really looks like. So with that said, when we started Athey Creek back, you know, in 1996, um, one of the things that I just read out of the gate thought, man, we're gonna be really careful uh, when we choose who's an elder, who's a deacon, who's a governing elder. Probably the governing elder is probably the number one decision that um, me and the current leadership have to make is, is, is this guy going to be a governing elder? Because the governing elders at Athey Creek make the decisions and they're the guys I submit myself to and, and it's, a, it's a great team of brothers. And, um, and, and then the, the greater team of elders, who are all these guys at Athey Creek and how did they get in? Well, in the early days, man, it was like, I'd carefully, prayerfully handpick them, you know, just like as the guys were ministering and I'd see them in the church and I'd look at their families, I'd, I'd realize, wow, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's great to be able to see a man in action. And so it was kind of Pastor Brett choosing his first elders back in 96. And it took a couple years. I took two years to get my first elder. Uh, we had guys sort of acting as elders, but we didn't give them any titles at that time. Uh, but uh, we brought in a couple guys. James Shields was one of the earliest elders here at Athey. If you know James, he, he was here back in, I think it was 98. Uh, when he first became an elder uh, and a governing elder at that too. So he's been at it a long, long time. Um, but you know, leadership can be tough. 
And uh, you guys that lead, you know, whether you're in the military or in, uh, you know, your employment situation where you lead people, <clears throat> leading can be tough. And people, people are sometimes like herding cats, you know? I mean, it's like, it's a tricky job leading. A railroad agent in India had been reprimanded for making decisions without orders from headquarters. Uh, one day his superior received the following startling telegram. It said, tiger on platform eating conductor, wire instructions. <laughs> yeah, you know, leadership can be tough. Uh, you know, like if you're, if, you're, um, if you're trying to make decisions, leadership people have to be ready to make a decision quickly and you've got to enable your leaders to make decisions. Otherwise people get eaten by tigers. Uh, I've found that in the church as well. And so leadership is really important. Now here's the thing. Some of you guys are like, I don't want to be a leader. Um, my question is why? Why wouldn't any man want to be a leader to a certain degree? I think we all should learn to lead um, to varying degrees. Uh, if, you're, if you're a dad, that's probably the most important leadership job on the planet is being a father. Um, and what does it mean to be a good leader? Uh, but leading in your church, leading in your community, these are things that I think are important things. And, and I wanted to kind of talk about uh, that. And, and um, it's, it's, it's a strange day we're living. Um, you know, the 9-11 anniversary, what is it, 21 years tomorrow, I think, is, is uh, the, the, you know, it's an amazing thing that happened in this country. And it seems to me there was a big shift in America, you know, when that happened, you know, the war on terrorism. Um, and then, you know, in the last couple of years, things have shifted even more. Um, during the whole COVID thing and other issues that have happened in the last few years, but wokeism and all this stuff. And one of the things that I'm, I'm seeing um, just globally is the lack of leadership. Uh, whether you're talking about nations or if you're talking about churches, good solid leadership is, is really kind of hard to find. Um, people that are um, that next level, you don't see that as much anymore. Uh, some people kind of sense like the Queen of England dying, you know, she, a long reign, 70 years, that's a pretty good, pretty good stretch of leadership in her, in her situation. But, but um, you know, people are thinking, man, is there ever gonna be anybody like her again? Um, or is there gonna be, you know, we look back on leaders in history, if you'd look at, you know, the, the Churchills, uh, you know, the Reagans, uh, there were certain leaders that kind of stood out in modern times even uh, in the crowd. But where are the statesmen? Where are the leaders that don't compromise, that are just kind of, you know, they're, they're becoming farther and fewer between. And it's not just nationally with leaders in countries, but it's also maybe even worse in the church of Jesus Christ. I'm seeing a real lack of leadership with it's kind of painful. Um, leaders that have just kind of fallen left and right and, and have allowed themselves to compromise, uh, you know, biblical doctrine and just solid truth so that you know, the church is hurting. The church is largely failing right now in America. Um, and there's churches all around us here in Portland, dropping like flies. Churches that are empty, you know, churches that once had thousands now have just a few meeting, you know, and they've gone from, you know, three services to one. And, and, uh, and it's just heartbreaking to see. And, and, and man, the leaders that are there, they're, they're blaming it on, which leaders always blame other things uh, that, are, that are not good leaders. Um, like, well, it's because of this or it's because of that. No, it's because you, you didn't lead well. That, that's the truth of the matter. I mean, that's just if you're gonna be really painfully honest. And, and um, now I gotta say this, uh, Athey Creek, uh, by the grace of God, Athey Creek's doing well. Uh, that's the only reason Athey Creek's doing well. It's not because of our great leadership team and definitely not because of the great leadership pastor uh, here. But, but I do think that Athey Creek leadership is saying, how can we lead as biblically as possible? And that's what I would recommend for all churches is to get back to the book. Get back to the Bible and have strong men, not women, men lead the church. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes churches make, I, I know this sounds like you're, you're saying this in a men's group, easy for you. I'll say this with women in the room too. And all you ladies that are watching online, you know what I'm saying. Um, but <clears throat> uh, you know, it's, it's, it's so important to understand the church is to be led by men. One of the biggest mistakes they've made is allowed women to come in and say, oh, let the women lead the church even though the Bible very clearly says that's not what's supposed to happen. Men and women are different. God says, I want men to lead the church. Um, so we've got this interesting thing happening where people are ignoring the Bible and watching the church fail. Wokeism's creeping in, homosexuality's creeping in, LGBTQIA plus ABCDEFG is creeping in. And it's, and it's really sad to watch what's happening. Uh, 
And so, so one of the things I'd like to talk about is, is wouldn't it be great if, um, and you know, there's only a few churches I can even name that, that would say, wow, they're doing it really well. They must have good, strong, solid leadership. And those churches are obviously being blessed by God. Um, that's the funny thing. Uh, why, why doesn't somebody just, who doesn't really understand what's going on, why don't they just kind of look and say, now these churches that are flourishing and people are getting saved and baptized and they're doing, you know, 100 services on a weekend or whatever, like what's going on in these churches? But the people, they're, they're saying, oh, those guys, they're just a bunch of radical, you know, stick to doctrine, uh, end times teaching, Bible prophecy. Like th- those are the churches that are doing really well through the Bible talking about what the Bible says as far as the last days and end time, those churches are all flourishing. Um, the churches that are failing are the ones that are going woke and gay and men are not leading, women are. Um, and it's just really clear. It's as easy as one, two, three. It's what, it's, you can just see it. So my prayer is that Athey Creek that we see as, as we're booming and there's so many people, one of my prayers is that, that we see more and more leaders surface in this group right here. We need more leaders at Athey. And then we need some more leaders to go out, possibly, you know, I'm, I'm not a big church plant guy and I'll tell you why. Um, we've tried it a bunch of times and failed every single time. I'm just not good at it, I'm sorry. People, you're doing five services, you know, and I get people come and say, you, you should spread the love and start having other pastors go and, and open churches elsewhere. We've done it like five times and every time we failed. Um, and done a horrible job of it. I don't know, I don't know why that happened. Um, what, what's happened, we'd send a really good, talented guy. We did one up at Maltua five years ago and um, there, was a, there was about you know, 60 Athey Creekers that said, we're going, we're gonna help start this new plant, you know, and it was great, we're all excited. And it went from 60 to, to 50 to 40 to 30 and they all came back here. And the poor guy that was teaching better than me up there was just kind of going, what's happening? The, the incredible shrinking church. Um, don't know, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, for some reason, God has just blessed this and maybe it's because we just don't even know what we're doing, but God says, I'm gonna bless it anyway. So church planting has not worked out so good for, for us at Athey. We, we've tried it, we'd like it, we'd love to see it, um, but that's just kind of what the Lord's doing right now. So it's kind of an interesting thing. Some people are really gifted in church planting, I think, um, but that's not our, we haven't done that so well. But I do wonder, if maybe there's gonna be a day where we needed to get, give it another whirl, especially in the, in the light of all the failure uh, of churches around the country. Um, I, could, I, could tell you, I, I could tell you guys 10 cities right now that are saying to Athey Greg, send a pastor, we need churches. Somebody will teach through the Bible, somebody who, who will stick to it and not do all this other stuff. And, and our watch parties, we've got watch parties that are like little mini churches in and of themselves that are starting up because there's no Bible teaching churches in their little towns around in the country. And I mean, just the, the, the field is ripe for harvest, um, but the laborers, and I might even add my twist, the leaders are few. That's the sad truth of the thing. So I wonder, I wonder if the Lord might raise up guys from Athey Creek. And, and here's the thing I gotta say, a lot of guys say, Brett, I wanna start a church you know, in Tualatin. It's like, not a good idea, I'll tell you why. Because, you know, we're established here and uh, it's not that we need, uh, it's not that Athey Creek, we're not saying we wanna keep all our people here. Trust me, we're just trying to figure out how to offend people to get them out of the parking lot. And because uh, the church is booming, we have too many people. Uh, so yeah, well, Brett, why, why wouldn't I start a church in Tualatin? Well, I, I would wish upon all of you guys, if you were to go start a church somewhere, I would hope that you get to do what I got to do. See, I was from Southern Oregon and everybody knew Applegate Fellowship all around the country at the time. Applegate, John Corson, big name, everybody knew the whole thing. But when I moved up here, nobody knew who John was. And I got to just start teaching the Bible. They weren't comparing me to John, thank the Lord. Um, they, they would just kind of say, who's this young punk teaching the Bible? And slowly but surely, people started coming to church and, and it was great. I just got to teach the Bible and people were hungry for the word. And it wasn't about me or, it was just about, hey, let's get into the scriptures together. Once you start a church with everybody knows Athey, they're gonna be comparing you to Athey Creek. And, and that's a hard thing. We've been established for you know, 27 years and stuff. If I were one of you young guys, I'd find a place somewhere in Montana or Scottsdale or Florida or Texas or California or Nebraska or you know, someplace where there's people just really hungry for the word and then get to be the guy that goes and starts just teaching the Bible. It's a total blast. I have to say, if you have a gift of teaching the word and you're not doing that, I feel like you're missing out on all the fun. 
Now I gotta say the if part, if you have a gift in teaching, I used to kind of say, you all should be Bible teachers. Why would I say that? Because it's the funnest thing I get to do. People, people think my leadership here, I must sit at home and study all week long and get ready for the sermons. And then, uh, and then I teach a sermon like the ironworks. And then I, I go home and study. Well, I will today because I got a four o'clock service that I'm not ready for. So as soon as I'm done here, I'm gonna head home and study. But, but you know, that's, when I teach the Bible here, just so you guys know, this is what I do for a volunteer. Like this is the fun part of my job. Uh, like teaching is the fun part. We have 150 staff people on our, on our staff. We uh, have a federal lawsuit that we're getting ready for the county. Uh, we, we've got uh, lots of things that we're doing with building and, and getting you know, the, the, the church as it's growing. We got administrative things that we're doing galore. That's my job. I mean, that's really what I spend my time, my you know, 60, 70, 80 hours a week doing. The teaching's the icing on the cake. Just so you know, I'm, just, I'm not complaining. I actually love my job. I'm just, people think that I get to sit around, prep for teaching. No, my prep usually is at two in the morning and uh, then I usually get ready for teaching it because I'm usually doing a lot of other things during the day. Um, and that's why if you call and say, I wanna meet with Pastor Brett. Um, and they say, well, Brett's not able to meet with everyone. Uh, I get this all the time. And I'm, I'm giving you a disclaimer here. Um, over 10,000 people in our church um, even if I just met with staff and leadership, that's like a year's worth of meetings right there. Uh, I'm just saying, it's not that I don't wanna meet with guys and I still do meet with people. I met with a bunch of people this week and I still meet with people. It's just that I can't meet with everyone anymore. And so people get offended and they think, oh, well, he's my pastor. Why can't Pastor Brett meet with me? Cause there's 10,000 people here. It's just impossible. Well, Brett, you sound like you're whining. Nope. What I'm saying is we need more leaders here to step up at Athey to, bear that load. We've got a bunch of solid pastors and elders and deacons and amazing crew. But right now, my crew, we're shooting elephants with a BB gun. I mean, we, we need more leaders. That's just the truth of the matter. And, and, and because we used to do it where Pastor Brett gets to know a guy, we hang out, have coffee. Hey, you, you should be an elder at Athey. And I go through the, the sort of the, the list of requirements of a guy being an elder. And we'd slowly work through that. And that's how most of the guys that are on our leadership team, that's how it happened now. But we need to kind of streamline that and get some more guys that are willing to step up and lead here at Athey. And then maybe more of those guys to go out eventually and plant some churches or, or teach the Bible somewhere else. Because it's just not really happening very much in the world today. And the churches that are trying to expand, it's not like the Bible's the main thing. And I think we gotta keep the Bible teaching kind of our, our deal. So what I wanted to do is kind of go through a little bit of the process here at Athey with you guys about our leadership roles, leadership roles at Athey Creek. And, and I, I, want, I want you to you know, follow with me on this. And even if you're a guy saying, I don't wanna be a leader, well, minimally you could be praying about leaders because we need leaders. And maybe, maybe if you're a guy saying, I, I have other things I'm doing, I lead in other areas and I'm not really interested in church leadership, um, that's okay. But we need to be praying about this. No matter who we are as men, we need some of that. Why don't you turn to Acts chapter six? And I'd like to show you kind of how the, the, the leadership started, the way it worked there in the early church. And that's, by the way, Athey Creek, our model for leadership comes from the Bible, as it turns out. It doesn't come from Intel or IBM or uh, Amazon or, you know, uh, we, we get our leadership model from the scriptures because I think leadership in the church should be different than the leadership in the world. Um, so leadership roles at Athey Creek, and, and, um, and so we see this, mostly our structure comes from the book of Acts, and then it also is reinforced by the epistles of Paul. <clears throat> so uh, let's look at this. In Acts chapter six, we see the establishing of deacons along with the elders doing their roles. It says in Acts chapter six, verse one, it says, and in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, now pause right there for a second. This, this is great. The early church is booming. Uh, they're multiplying. And one of the things that I think is kind of funny is um, that the first they saw uh, addition in the church. In fact, in fact, you can jot this down in your notes if you want to. It's Acts chapter two, um, verse 47. That says, um, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. So the first mathematical equation is addition. Um, then we see subtraction there in chapter five, verses one through 12, Ananias and Sapphira. Uh, they lied to the apostles and said they gave all their stuff. Coom, coom. They both died and they dragged their bodies out of the room. Subtraction. 
by the way, that's a, that's a pattern I've seen in, in church leadership. I've seen this. Uh, we've seen this at Athey Creek where we had, we had uh, addition, where, we, you know, Athey's never been a, a spike growing church all of a sudden. We've been a slow builder for these 27 years, just constantly growing. And if you look at the graph and the chart of growth, it's just a slow but steady growth. But it started with addition. And then in those earlier years, there was always a few people that were just kind of, I don't know how else to say it, but problematic. They came with an agenda, wanting us to start programs that really weren't in line with, with what God called us to be or do. And it's not that they were even bad programs or bad things in other contexts. But for us, we were trying to stick to our guns of what God called us to be and do. And so those people, they were almost, some of those people could even be toxic at times. And I remember when those people would leave, I'd be a little bit sad, oh, people are leaving the church. But then we'd see from addition to subtraction, and then we'd get to this where there was multiplication. And oftentimes you can't get to the multiplication until there's subtraction. Um, I've noticed that sometimes the Lord has to remove people that are just kind of not really on board. It's, it's like um, we, we need to be as a church kind of going the same direction and, and going the same direction with the, the current leadership. Um, one thing I, I wanna say about that is the leadership can't, doesn't have to be, I mean, we, at Eighth Group, we've never claimed to be perfect or making the, all the right decisions, but we sure are trying. We're doing our best at that. And, um, and I've noticed that to the people that just kind of come and say, well, we don't like the way you do this or we don't like the way you do that. Um, man, I always like to remind people there's all kinds of other churches that you can go to and have options, but we're trying to, we're trying to fervently stick to what God has called us to do and be. And sometimes you, you, you do need to say, this is not my church. Um, and that's okay, it's okay. I, I love that the Lord gives us many flavors and options. I do have to say, we're living in a day where the options are getting further and fewer between, um, which is kind of sad. Uh, I get people that come and say, Pastor Brett, you know, things like this. Um, you know, um, we left our other church and we like athe. We don't like that you're a pre-tribber, <laughs> but we like that you teach through the Bible and we're gonna just come here and, and, uh, and, and I, I'm like, well, that's okay. Uh, Pre-trib, you know, your eschatology is not an essential doctrine of the Christian faith. But if you're in leadership at Athey Creek, you're a, you're a pre-tribber. You're rowing the same direction with all of us. Because uh, if you're, it, well, Brett, it's, it's not an essential doctrine. So why can't you have elders that are all millennialists? Um, there's other churches that have elders that are all millennials. Like go to join those churches and be rowing the same direction with them. That, that's just kind of, I know that almost goes without saying, but you'd be shocked how many guys don't seem to get that. That's just kind of an important thing. So the, the essential doctrines versus the non-essentials, the, the, the non-essentials are still important, um, especially though when it comes to leadership. Uh, we like our, our leadership. We even like our volunteers largely to say, we're pretty much in line with Athey and the theology, the teaching here at Athey. We, we, we pretty much stick to that uh, because we wanna be rowing the same direction. Um, so the, the subtraction is a support, important part of ministry. I, I've found that over the years. So you got addition, subtraction, chapter five, verse one through 12, and then you have multiplication in chapter six. So what did they do when the church started to multiply? It says, well, the number of disciples were multiplied, verse, verse one, middle part. And there arose a murmuring of the Grecians uh, against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, it is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve the tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of, the, of, of faith and of the Holy, uh, Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Laying on of hands is the way ministers, elders, deacons are sort of 
you know, uh, brought in as the, the, the current leadership. There's a laying on of hands where they pray. And it's almost an idiom. The laying on of hands is sort of like, you know, when, uh, you know, you're dubbed a knight with a sword on the shoulder or something. Uh, it's like in, in the church, that's the way they did it. The brothers would come around, lay hands and say, okay, Lord, bless this man. And they'd pray him in. Sort of that's the way that worked. Um, and so what happened after they got their deacons? Verse seven, and the word of God increased, which is so important. That's, that's, that's a great result. The word of God increased and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great company of priests were obedient of the faith or to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Okay, so kind of a quick summary. Uh, where does Athe Creek get its leadership model? Well, it, get, it comes largely from uh, the book of Acts. And right here is where we kind of see two of the main functions of church leadership. First, you see elders. They're, they're already in place before chapter six. Um, it's almost like they're assumed. And then the second group that's added in chapter six is deacons, elders and deacons. So what are the roles? It's funny because um, when I was a little kid, I went to a church where the deacon the big deacon would sit behind the pastor. Did any of you guys go to the church where they had the, the pews in the back and the pastor would preach and the deacons would fall asleep behind him? Uh, I just remember this big old deacon you know, during the sermon, you know, just, just, and, but he was in charge. The deacon of that Baptist church I was at, man, he was large and in charge. When he was awake, he was in charge. Um, but anyway, that, that's kind of, but, but um, a lot of churches sort of put the deacons as sort of um, that, that, that um, leadership or governmental position, but um, I wanna show you what the Bible actually shows us. Um, that, that, that first you have, let's, let's first talk about elders. Elders right here in our text tell us that it's, it's there to be given continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Um, that's an important uh, description of an elder in the church. Um, and it's interesting, the, the, the Greek word, and, and this is important because there's words that are sort of flipped around in the New Testament or used interchangeably that can cause some confusion. And I want you to know the, the actual original words so we can really clamp down on these various roles. So the word generally in the New Testament translated to elder is this word presbyteros. Uh, where you get that word, you know, Presbyterian or, or whatever. Um, it's, it's the same uh, word, but the elder speaks of the man that is maturity. Um, and that's that word Presbyteros. Now there's another word that sometimes is used as an elder, but it's actually a different Greek word. And, and it's always translated as, or I should say most of the time it's translated elder. Sometimes it's translated as the word bishop. And that word you should know as well in the New Testament. So you got elder, presbyteros, but you have bishop, which speaks of not the man, but the ministry, uh, the ministry. Uh, uh, pres the, the presbyteros is an elder speaking of maturity and he's given to the ministry of prayer and word, but the, but the bishop or the episkopos is sort of an elder that's more of a supervisory or keeper or overseer role. Um, and that's, that's also sometimes translated elder. And then the, the third word in the New Testament that you should be aware of is the word uh, poimen, which is the word pastor. And the word poimen is, is the word that speaks of a shepherd, like a under shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the great shepherd, the Bible says. But, um, but a pastor should be an under shepherd. He's the top, Jesus. And then the pastor should be under shepherding, caring for the flock. The pastor speaks of more of the, the method, the feeder of the flock, the, the tender of the sheep. Um, and so you see these three roles. Now, now in the New Testament, we see instances where certain men served in all three of these roles. They were, both, they were all elder, bishop, pastor, one guy. And he did all of those roles. Um, but then there's other times where we'd see different guys hold these different offices. Uh, sometimes it was a guy just simply saying, I'm an elder. And, and, and if, if he's simply the elder of Acts chapter six, what is he to be given to? The ministry of prayer and the word. That's an important thing. How the church needs those guys, elders. And I'm so thankful for our greater group of elders. We have about 25 or 30 guys right now that are elders. And that's not enough, we need more, uh, we need more. Because the church is large and a lot of people need prayer and you know one-on-one -on -one ministry or in small group ministry, we need more and more of these elders that are really given to the ministry of prayer and the word. The bishop uh, or the episcopos, and um, I've said this before, we don't call them bishops here at Athey. And the reason why is because the word bishop has been hijacked by chess and by Mormonism and by other 
weird history uh, with Catholicism and stuff. The word bishop, if I don't know about you, you but when I think of a bishop, uh, it's just kind of creepy. So we, we think that English word has been changed. Uh, so we're gonna stick with the, the uh, Greek word, episkopos. But that's kind of a creepy word too. Uh, well, uh, call it what you want. At Athe, we call it governing elders. Uh, or the overseeing elders. That's kind of the role of, of, of the Episcopos. And like I said, that's a smaller group. My governing elder team is six guys right now. Uh, uh, honestly, I like it at seven. Seven's a good number. Um, um, we had a guy recently retire you know, from being years and years of one of our governing elders. But, um, but the Episcopos is the guy who's overseeing. And, and, and like I said, that's a group of guys that are, they're the ones steering the ship. Uh, Jesus is the chief shepherd. He's the one in charge. The governing elders try to follow what Jesus is having us do. And we pray and the governing elders, I, I reserve the right to call them at one in the morning. Uh, we hold meetings often uh, till midnight uh, and pray and spend time leading this congregation. It's a group of guys that are really, really in, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, a big commitment to be a governing elder at Athey Creek. Um, how thankful I am for these guys. These are the guys I would, would hold myself accountable to. Uh, and I, I, uh, I love these guys. These are good men. Um, and then you've got the pastor who, who speaks more of that method. And we have a pastoral team and, and the pastors at Athey tend to be more on a staff uh, you know, um, you know, uh, role. Some people say you shouldn't pay pastors. Well, that's ridiculous. The Bible talks about don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn, and the Bible talks about the the workman's worthy of his hire. Uh, and and um, our pastors work hard here at Athey. If it's not you know teaching in small groups, they're visiting hospitals, doing memorials and funerals and uh, weddings and and counseling uh, all hours of the day. We, our pastoral team uh, does things locally, but also nationally. We're we've got pastoral care guys that are caring for some of our watch parties in other states and other countries. Um, uh, these guys are busy. Um, we probably, we need more of those guys too. Uh, those guys are tapped. Um, I'm gonna say uh, our elders and our pastors are tapped right now. Just uh, there's so many people and so many needs. That's just kind of an important thing to know. So we have all three of these offices serving specifically. Now you say, well, Brett, why doesn't uh, one guy do all of those things? Well, I'm a guy who does all these things. I'm given to ministry of prayer and the word. Um, I'm also part of the you know, governing elder team. And I'm also a pastor where I'm shepherding and, and, and feeding the flock. And the feeding is with the word of God. So I get to do all these roles, I like that. But a lot of our guys, we've kind of spread that out just because the size of the church. And that's what you see in the New Testament. Um, in a small church, like let's say you started a church in Burns, Oregon, which maybe you should, but you might get to do all three of these roles and be the only guy for a while. You know, that's the way I was when we started Athey. You know, it was just, just me, myself and I and Deb, you know, and um, me and my guitar and Deb, you know, we'd start on a Sunday morning leading worship and I set up the sound system and we hauled in the cribs for the nursery and, and taught the word. Like it was the kind of the one man, uh, you know, one woman show there when Deb and I first started. And then we got a small group of volunteers and, it, and then it got bigger. And, and uh, as the church has grown, the need for leadership has grown, which is really, cool. So uh, at Athey Creek, that's the, that, those are the two main functions of church leadership, elders and deacons. Um, now, I didn't tell you what deacons do. Deacons, number two, are um, those who help with logistic needs of the church, feeding the widows, the distribution of food. Um, that's what happened here in Acts chapter six. The elders were busy doing some of the ministry stuff, but they weren't praying and they weren't teaching the word. So they said, we got to get deacons. Now, the funny thing is about these deacons, how many were chosen? Seven. Um, how many people were added to the church? Well, by this time we're multiplying the church, but in Acts chapter two and three, we see this sermon Peter gives and uh, you know, the, the, after the you know, day of Pentecost, 3000 people were added to the church in one day. So they had a mega church back then but they had seven deacons. How, and, and, and in those days, they didn't have healthcare and they didn't have you know, uh, programs for you know, uh, the widows. Like, like it's a little different than it is today. Um, and they had seven deacons. So what that means to me, as I study the Bible, the deacons were leading other teams of people to make sure the widows were being cared for and the logistics of the church were being cared for. So we have a group of deacons that are also doing that. They're, they're caring for the logistics of the church. Um, and uh, we have deacons that are in charge of making sure the communion's 
ready and set out. When we do it on a Sunday morning or on a Sunday night, we have deacons that are helping assist with children's ministry logistics and for, you know, for the care of our, our children's wing. We have leaders that are part of that, not just teaching kids or leading children's ministry, but literally making sure that our parents and kids are covered in the area of service and ministry. And you know, we, we, we have all kinds of deacons doing different things. We could use more of those guys. Uh, one who serves is the word. Um, in fact, the, the, the Greek word for deacon is uh, diakonos, which just simply means one who serves. But one thing I have to say, deacons in the Bible are very versatile. You might think, well, deacons must not be very spiritual because they're into practical stuff. But if you look at the deacons of the Bible, like think about Stephen. We ended our, our reading of verse eight. Stephen was full of faith and power and did great wonders and miracles among the people. Um, so he was a very spiritual man and even preached one of the greatest sermons of the Bible and was martyred for his faith. So Stephen was a deacon who was deeply spiritual. And I wanna I want uh, stress that. Philip, one of the deacons, was an evangelist, missionary, teacher. His house was dialed in. His daughters were amazing and giving words of prophecy and stuff like that. Um, so so uh, the deacon is not a non-spiritual guy, but he is making sure the church is covered uh, in the area of service and, and tending the flock. So what are we looking for as a leader in a, in a deacon or an elder here at Athey Creek? Well. Um, and and what, what, is a, what, what is the Athey Creek leadership? What is our goal? Uh, you know, uh, it's pretty simple here at Athey and we fight for simplicity. Um, our leadership team wants to make sure that we're given to people being saved, uh, baptized, discipled, and encouraged. Um, how can we best accommodate just the teaching of God's word and discipling and salvation and baptizing? In fact, this is the Great Commission, Matthew 28. You guys know this well. Verse 19 and 20, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. What a, what a great thing. It's interesting Jesus didn't say, go into all the world and put bark dust around elementary school planters or go into all the world and you know, make sure you elect the right officials into the government. Uh, like it's funny what, what Jesus really wants us to major on. And it's funny how churches can get off what they're majoring on. This is the major. Uh, and, it, and it's really summed up in the three main words that Jesus used, teach, uh, which is one of my primary roles, uh, baptizing, which after a person is saved, they get baptized. That's part of the way it rolls. So we wanna see people saved and baptized, and then uh, also teaching again. Uh, to observe all things. Doctrine is the, the idea there. Um, so we, our leadership roles at Athey, uh, we, we have elders and deacons um, given continually to prayer, the ministry of word, covering the church, leading the church. Um, you know, by the way, sometimes it's best to see what a win looks like in the leadership at Athey by what's a loss. What does a loss look like um, at Athey? Well, if there's Athey Creekers, who come in on a Sunday morning and they really want prayer, but there's no one, there's no one to pray with them. Uh, they're not getting prayer. Um, to me, that's a loss. Whether you're here in the building or online and you need prayer and a, a, a leadership to man to come along and say, I'm gonna, I wanna pray with you. Um, when that happens, I feel like, well, we've, we've dropped the ball. Um, or another loss for us is if Athey Creekers wanna know what the Bible actually says about any specific issue in their life, but there's no one around to answer that question. Um, see, in the old days at Athey, people could call up and say, I'd like to meet with Pastor Brett. They'd say, okay, and, we'd, and we'd, I'd just fill the schedule. Uh, some of you guys were around in those days. And some of you guys and I, we'd had lunch every other week. It was great. Uh, um, and, um, and, and then as the church grew, that became harder and harder. And now people call the church office and the answer is, well, we've got a, a great group of pastors who'd love to meet with you or answer your questions. Or, and they oh, but I have to talk to Pastor Brett. Uh, and we say, well, that's just not really possible right now, you know, and, and it's, it's a bummer. But honestly, who do I go when I have a Bible question? I go to our pastors. Like, like the, these guys are great men of faith who love the Bible and are doctrinally sound, and, and it's great. Uh, and so really, um, uh, another loss for Athey is if there's a lack of spiritual covering, discipleship, uh, enough pe men leading to baptize, to to lead people to Christ. Uh, so so that, that's something that you might pray about. Lord, am I, am I supposed to step up um, in leadership? Um, 
You know, uh, it's interesting. What would Athey Creek look like if every man at Athey Creek was just like you? Have you ever thought about that? Um, there's some of the guys in the church that go, well, it'd probably be a pretty good place. <laughs> some of our guys. Uh, but I'm gonna say a majority of men at Athey, um, they're kind of, you know, they're, they're not really part of the, the, the solution here. And I wonder if maybe you should be. I wonder if the Lord would stir your heart and say, man, I wonder if I should step up in a, in a role of leadership. And if I were, how do I even do that? And what, what's required of me? Well, let's go over that just really quick. Leadership roles at Athey. You know, flip over to 1 Timothy real quick. Um, <laughs> there are requirements for a leader uh, and probably one of the best descriptions, 1 Timothy chapter three. I know that says 1 Timothy two, but it really should say 1 Timothy chapter three, my bad. Um, 1 Timothy chapter three says in verse one, it says, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. A bishop, now the word bishop there, what's the Greek word there, anybody? Episkopos. Uh, the, word, um, the bishop must be blameless. Oh, well that takes all of us out of the uh, running, right? Uh, who could be a bishop if you have to be blameless? The idea of the word blameless, if you look that word up, it means that there's not a bunch of people saying, he's a ripoff artist, he's a thief, he's a con man, he's a loser. Uh, there's not a bunch of people saying that about him. Um, so you can't, if a guy has a bad reputation around town, and people are blaming him for all kinds of stuff, then he's probably not supposed to be a bishop or a, uh, an elder. Um, so he must be blameless, blameless, husband of one wife. <laughs> you say, why would it say that? Well, they had many wives back in those days. And I remember when I was teaching in Africa, the pastors, that was their biggest struggle. A bunch of them you know, grew up pagans and they had like nine wives. And then he'd wanna become a pastor. And then, what do you do with your other eight wives? And you know, as an American, I was tempted to say, well, you gotta dump eight wives and go with the first one. But the problem with that in Africa, if he did that, then those eight women would literally die in the wilderness. Like it was kind of a tricky Bible question to answer in Africa about the men being married uh, to uh, nine wives. But we, we worked through that over the years and helped them with that. But um, so that's a real thing actually. Husband of one wife, vigilant, sober of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Uh, the word apt means able to teach. And it doesn't necessarily mean he has to teach multitudes or teach in front of a thousand people. Um, he, he has to be able to teach one-on-one -on -one even, uh, in a, even in what we might call more of a session of biblical counseling. Uh, not given to wine, uh, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Uh, one that ruleth well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity. Uh, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, being, lest being lifted up with pride, he falls into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without or outside of the church, um, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And then you go to the deacon. Likewise, the de must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, so the deacons can have a little if they want. <laughs> By the way, uh, this is an interesting one that gets a lot of the press. B bishops can't have any wine, deacons can have a little wine. So what's the thing? Well, here's the thing. The language in the Greek is exactly the same for the elder and for the, 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 the deacon. Uh, for some reason, the King James decided to put much, not given to much, wine. And, and, and I don't really know why the King James 1611 guys put that in the translation because it's not there. Um, it says the same thing. Um, and so pastors all over America argue, what does it mean here? Can the elder have a little wine or moderation? And there's some churches that say yes. There's some churches that say no. What does Athey Creek say? We, we kind of get rid of this argument and we realize we know minimally what this is saying, but we also see what alcohol's done in our culture. And uh, we see how many guys struggle with alcoholism. And so um, that's one of the, we, we've decided not out of legalism and well, the Bible says that we're not supposed to drink wine. We don't take that approach as much as we say, man, you know, Solomon uh, to told us there in Proverbs about it's not for kings or rulers to be given to wine lest they, you know, f forget the law and pervert good judgment. Uh, we need as much judgment as possible. Did you know every time you drink, uh, you know, a shot of whiskey, you lose over 10,000 dendrites in your brain. Every time you drink that. 
well, Brett, you have billions of dendrites in your brain to begin with. I don't know about you, I need all the dendrites I can get. Uh, I just know that for me. Uh, you can do whatever you want there, but uh, so our leadership and our staff here at Athe, we've just said, you know what? We're, we're just gonna take that away, not legalistically, but out of love, just for people that struggle with alcohol. We don't even wanna go there. Uh, Bible says abstain from even the appearance of evil. For me, if you came over to my house and I opened the door and I've got a martini in my hand, I'm like, hey, welcome to Pastor Brett's house. Hey, would you be like, some of you probably say whatever, but some people would be like highly offended and saying, what's going on? And so I'd just rather, we'd just rather at Athey say we're gonna, so that might disqualify you from being a leader at Athey Creek right here. You're like, Brett, I like to have beer with my pizza. Um, that's great. We just have all agreed, our leadership team, again, some of you might say, that's legalism. Nope, it's just uh, love. It's what we're trying to, we just see, uh, if you counseled as many men who've either been divorced, lost their job, or shot themselves in the head, if you've counseled as many people as I have, how many guys, because of alcohol, you'd probably say, yeah, we're not gonna really encourage that that much. Because I've seen a lot of real destruction from that. I'm just telling you. Um, so that's, that's one of the things for us. We take this pretty, pretty seriously when it says not given to wine um, for us. Uh, again, I don't condemn a, another church that has that. Sort of if a guy has wine with his dinner, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say that's, even if he's a pastor, I'm not gonna condemn him for that. Um, I just know for us, for me, we kind of feel like uh, the Lord's called us to be teetotalers. So anyway, <laughs> deacons not to be given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. Um, <laughs> not having your cell phone on during teaching. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, that will disqualify you. Uh, no, just, just kidding. Just, just messing with you. Uh, verse nine, holding the mystery of faith in pure conscience and let, let, um, let these also first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slander, sober, faithful in all things. Isn't it interesting that the wives are brought more in on the deacon, that the wife kind of has to be? You say, well, Brett, why is the wife brought in here as much? The elder has to have his family in order, but the deacon's gotta have a really squared away wife. Um, here's the reason why is because I believe there were deaconesses in the church as well. And some people say it was, it was a deacon's wife and the deacon's wife was part of the ministry. I don't wanna argue against that. Um, you can't argue that there were not deaconesses in the church. Um, the word deaconess is used uh, not in the English translation, but in, uh, what is it, Romans 16, um, the deaconess is talked about in the feminine. Uh, that's a, a woman given to ministering. We have a bunch of women who minister and serve, and I would put them in that deaconess category. Um, uh, but they're not leading the church. That's, that's the difference. Deacons aren't necessarily the, the episcopos or the pastor or the elder. That's a different role. So let the uh, deacons, verse 12, be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children, their own house as well, for uh, they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree, great boldness in faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Boy, the deacons I've known over all my life years, they are these guys who've purchased themselves a great um, you know, degree and great boldness in faith. I'm so thankful for all the deacons that I've known, both in this church and the churches I've served in times past. So um, what are we looking for? All of these, you know, it's not that we're all perfect, um, but at least that we're saying this is who we really wanna be and who we're uh, going for. The, the things to look for at Athe for a leader, we're looking at someone, first of all, who's willing to lead. That's where we see in, in verse, um, verse one, this is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. It's gotta start there. You gotta want to do it. So Athe, we've never been one to twist your arms and you need to be on leadership here. Um, it, it's almost like you have to want it to be on leadership at AC. And it's not, and we do that kind of by design. We, we wanna see a guy who's kind of hungry for, man, I'd like to be a part of the leadership team here. Because uh, we, don't, we don't want a guy that feels like he's been coerced or you know, twisted into uh, feeling guilty or whatever. That's definitely not what I'm trying to do today. Um, uh, but, but the idea is, is uh, to do what the Lord's called you to do. Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter four, verse 14, kind of gave us a hint that Timothy seemed timid in some ways. <clears throat> he says, this is a true saying, if a man, um, sorry, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Um, the, the governing elders, presbytery, um, pardon me, uh, the elders, I should say, would lay on hands 
and say, you know, you're, you're given to this ministry. Timothy had that and he, Timothy had to be reminded, don't neglect that gift, stir up that gift that you have. And I wonder if some of you guys need that word that, you know, the Lord's given you gifts and they can be used in the church of Jesus Christ. And maybe this word's for you, just to remember, don't, don't neglect that. So you gotta be number one, willing to lead. Number two, humble to lead. And this is something that Athey Creek, we're, we're constantly reminding ourselves, me and our elders and our deacons, man, we gotta, any good thing that's ever happened at Athey Creek is because of the grace of God. It's not because of our amazing leadership. That's why I don't have Brett Mitter's leadership podcast. Because I, I, I don't think I'm that good of a leader. I just think I'm just trying to do my best and I've got a bunch of guys around me trying to do their best. And, and it's by the grace of God, any good things happening. Uh, but good news, the Lord uses the weak and the foolish things of this world. We're, we qualify. Um, but we gotta keep that attitude of humility. In fact, it's Acts 20, 18 and 19, when Paul was giving the word to the elders at Ephesus, he said, when they were come to him, he said to them, you know from the first day I came into Asia and what, what manner I've been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind. Man, that's, that's what we really shoot for. Um, Athey Creek's not better than anybody else. Uh, we're just a bunch of guys trying to serve the Lord. Um, many people have been humbled, but how many people have just been truly humble? We all get humbled in our life but just being humble, that's, that's what Athey Creek, we wanna be that, that's one of the things we look for. If you come up to me and say, Brett, I was a elder for 25 years at my previous church, and we did a lot of things, uh, and I have qualifications, uh, so I should be an elder at Athey. Yeah, probably not. Uh, we're not looking for that. We're looking for guys like, man, I don't know anything, but I do love Jesus, and I would like to be a, given to prayer and the ministry of the word, and it's kind of more of that humble attitude. Ooh, that's the guy we're looking for. Not the guy who thinks he's got those big credentials from years of service. Watch out for that, that's, a, that's an attitude thing. Um, and then thirdly, you also have to be able to lead. Willing to lead, humble to lead, able to lead. Um, like in our text here in, in chapter, uh, chapter 1 Timothy 3, verse six, when it says, not a novice, uh, being uh, less being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of devil. So it's a funny dichotomy because the guy that came to say, I have all kinds of years of experience. You say, well, Brett, he's not a novice. He's, you don't want that. But that's right. We need a guy who's got some, some whiskers uh, in the word and in prayer, but also with that humility. That's, that's where the, the, the group of leaders at Athey starts to narrow. We need humble guys, but also able guys or qualified guys, very important. And then also number four, um, uh, to understand that, it, that part of your role if you're a leader here at Athe is you, there's a need for you to lead. And, and it's not because Athe Creek needs you, it's because you need to be a leader. What do you mean by that, Brett? I'm convinced, and I've said this before, but I'm convinced the reason God made me a pastor of a church is not because of my qualifications and my abilities and all that stuff. The reason he did is Lord just said, okay, what do I do to, to make bread actually follow me and actually read the Bible and actually go to church? I know I'll make him a pastor. I really do believe the Lord called me to ministry because he knows I need to be in ministry. I, I'm, I would be horrified uh, to see myself without any responsibilities in the church. I could see what I would do. I'd probably say, yeah, I can see what those guys mean when they're like, yeah, the church is full of a bunch of sinners and I think I'd rather just be on my dirt bike on Sunday morning. Uh, and I'll, I'm just worshiping. I love, nothing like the smell of two-stroke in the morning, man. You just got to, you know, it's like, that's the best day, you know, and, 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 I, and I get it. But see, I, I, I get up on a Sunday morning knowing, wow, I got a job to do and, and I need to be ready and prayed up and studied up and ready to roll, you know, and, and I love that. That's a healthy pressure. And one of the things, if, if you're a leader at Athey, you'll start to realize, man, this is where you need to be. In fact, not only you, but your wife will see this that you're a better man because you're a leader at Athey than you were if you were just uh, without any requirements or any, any sort of uh, you know, self-imposed rules around your life. Uh, there's something that's healthy. There's a healthy pressure uh, when you become a leader at Athey that I like. Some people don't like that pressure. Um, then maybe you're not really meant to be a leader. Um, but, but that's one of the things. There's a need for you to lead from your own perspective. Number five, 
Also, to be a good leader at Athe, you also need to be able to follow. Those of you that have been in military, you understand how this works. Um, the, the, good, the good leaders were also guys that usually were good followers. Um, and you rarely see a guy who's not a good follower go up the ranks to be a leader. Uh, and if they do, they knew somebody or they got a shoe in somehow and they weren't qualified to lead. You show me a man who's able to follow, I'll show a guy who's eventually gonna be a guy who's gonna be able to lead. Um, and this is what the Bible requires of us all. You know, Ephesians 5:21, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's what we're supposed to do. To be above reproach. First Thessalonians 5:12, and we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you, this is leadership, and are over you in the Lord, leadership, and admonish you. What does it say? We're to know them. And then it talks about them in the same chapter, 1 Thessalonians 5.22, and abstain from all appearance of evil. So like, you know, what, what we need to do is, is say, okay, we're gonna follow the leadership. Uh, if you're a leader at Athe Greek, you're gonna, you're gonna go with the current leadership and what's going on. And you're gonna be willing to kind of submit yourself to each other. Um, that's one of the things I, I try to remind people that are on staff. If you're gonna be on staff at Athe, you gotta kind of be willing to do what we're called to do, even if there's things you don't always agree with. Uh, I, I, I talk to my staff about te proper texting versus improper texting. Um, texting's kind of a, one of those secret problems that people don't really talk about. A, a big pastor in Texas just stepped down last week or stepped back because he was improperly texting. Um, this happens all the time. We've been talking about this for years in Athe, uh, texting between men and women and what should that look like, what that should not, not look like. We've had people on staff say, well, we don't like your texting plan. Uh, and I'd just say, well, that's great, but you probably shouldn't work here then. Uh, call that hardcore. No, I call it safe. And, uh, and we've got rules, like there's rules if you're in leadership here. There's rules around texting and hugging women and how you do that or you know, drinking alcohol. I mean, fill in the blank. There, if you're on staff or leadership at Athe, we have, we have a group of men and women who are saying, we agree to just follow this plan. It's not that we would impose that on anybody else. Even the average Athe Creeker, we would never even tell them what to do on these things. But if you're in leadership or on staff here, um, we've put on some rules on the whole thing because we feel like church needs to be safe. There's been so many failures morally and otherwise in churches. That's one of the reasons churches are not doing well is there's no integrity in leadership. There's no accountability oftentimes in some of these large churches. And so Athe works really hard at saying, let's be accountable one to another. Uh, it's funny, you, get, you can't win for losing. You know, uh, at Athe, we get, we get criticized people that look at our, you know, employee handbook or what's required to be an elder or deacon and think, man, that's really rigid. You can't do this, you can't do that. And then, and then, and then that same person, when they see a church fail because there's been bad behavior, like, uh, yeah, but what a loser, that guy didn't, you know. It's like the same people are being kind of weird. Um, we, we gotta be careful about this. Um, you know, leadership roles at Athe, um, what an important thing for us to say, uh, we need to be developing leaders. I hope that you guys that are leaders um, are developing other leaders, leaders developing leaders. Um, I, I love what I see you know, in our parking lot. Just there's some solid dudes out there just, just you know, doing a hard work. Um, but I see leaders among leaders out there. I see that in our security team and our children's ministry and our elders and deacons. And we need that, that leadership just to keep uh, sort of uh, pr producing more. Uh, developing. In, in the last day's newsletter, Leonard Ravenhill tells a story about a group of tourists that was visiting a picturesque village uh, who, who uh, they all walked by this little old man who was sitting beside a fence and they were walking into this sort of tourist village. <clears throat> and in a rather sort of patronizing kind of way, <clears throat> one tourist asked this old man, were there any great men in this village? And the old man replied, nope, only babies. Did you guys get that? Are you guys, are you guys awake, hello? <laughs> no, are there, were, there, were there any great men, like historically great men? And, and, and he said, no, there was only babies. In other words, um, oh, maybe I told it wrong. Were there, <laughs> yeah. I knew something was wrong. <laughs> See, I told you the Lord will humble you uh, when you're in this role. No, the question, sorry, was were there any great men born in this village? Now you're like, oh, I gotta do. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, we should rewind this and do it over so we can chop that section out. No. Yeah. 
Uh, well, there wasn't any in this church, that's for sure. Um, were there any great men born in this village? And the old man replied, nope, only babies. Uh, that, that's the, you know. So this, this kind of hoity-toity question came to this old man and he gave a profound answer. Um, and you know, it's interesting because um, that, the reason I wanted to not butcher that story, but tell it, um, <laughs> was because, you know, uh, great men, you know, it comes through time and some seasoning and, and uh, going through some, some life. And that's one thing we also pray for at, at AC, that we have more men that are going through those, those uh, developing years, you know. Um, if you're at AC, we need you seriously devoted to the Lord and, and to his word. Don't forget 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show you thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word. To be a man of prayer, 2 Timothy 2.8, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Um, one of the sad things is, is a lot of times the worshipers and the prayers in the churches today are women. And men just sit you know, passively by, well, that's kind of a woman's thing. In fact, a lot of churches you grow up thinking, well, Christianity is kind of a woman's religion. And one of the things I've, I've worked hard at at Athe to say, Lord, we want, we want strong men here at Athe and we want men leading. And, and people have accused Athe Greek of having too much testosterone and I take that as a compliment. Um, I think there's plenty of churches you can go that are very soft and very, you know, uh, women that are leading everything. Uh, I, I think we need churches that have men leading, that are men that are giving of their tithe and offering, men that are worshiping, men that have a joyful attitude and, and are light and joyful and representing the Lord well, men that have exemplary marriages and are leading their children, um, you know, and, and their wife on board with what the husband's doing. More Joshua's, you know, who says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He didn't say, right, honey? I worry there's too many men, right? Right, honey, is that what we're doing? You know, no, no, as a man to be, not an ogre, not a jerk, you know, um, but to be a guy who's leading. Um, so you say, okay, Brett, how do you get in? How do you get into leadership here at Athey? Well, there's several uh, things that you can do. It, like I said, it used to be that you'd, I'd get to know you and we'd go get coffee and then you'd eventually become an elder and if you were qualified and those were good days, those days are gone. Uh, I don't have the bandwidth. I just am being honest. I don't have the bandwidth to do, to, we, have a, we need a pipeline of leadership and we need it probably sooner than later. So uh, what do you do to get in? Well, some of you guys are already doing it. Um, the first, one of the best ways is just to be around and start helping out, chipping in on whatever level you can. Um, parking lot, uh, coffee, children's ministry, security. Those are some of the big ones that men get really involved with. And we're, we're meeting some really solid brothers that I, I'm seeing as guys that are gonna lead and are leading and it's so cool. Um, and we wanna see more of that, you know. And, um, and by the way, uh, you know, we, one of the things I'll warn you is we do move a little slow at Athey. You might say, Brad, I wanna be an elder at Athey and I've been here for three weeks and uh, I think I'm, I've shown uh, well, I gotta say, we, we move really slowly. And it's because, you know, we're, we're, we're to be careful. Like, don't lay our hand, hands on a man suddenly, Paul warned Timothy. That means to just kind of get a guy on eldership or leadership quickly. Uh, there, there's a slow process. Some people say turtle pace here at Athey. It's okay, I'd rather be slow and methodical about who our leaders are and make sure we're getting the right guys than just to toss guys into leadership. We, we just don't do that here at Athey. Um, I'm, I'm always shocked. Uh, when I hear how other churches roll on this, I've talked to other pastors, how they select leadership. And, and, uh, and I realized, wow, Athey's like prehistorically slow. Uh, um, you know, and it's not that we're lazy, it's just that we're wanting to be careful. Um, in fact, it's, um, it's 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 21 and 22. He says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another. Don't just have a preferential treatment especially when it comes to leadership choosing, because he says, um, doing nothing by partiality, and that's part of the thing we wanna do at Athey. We, we really like having a, a diverse group of guys as leaders at Athey. And when I use the word diversity, it's not what Portland means with the word diversity, yeah. if you know what I mean. When I talk about diversity, I mean men that are diesel mechanics, 
men that are accountants, men that are attorneys, if, if they can be saved. Um, and oh, no, just, just kidding, just all you attorneys out there, just messing with uh, No, uh, carpenters, uh, you know, like different walks of life. You know, we, we, we love having a, a, a different group of guys. Uh, nothing by partiality. Um, but then it says, lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be a partaker in other men's sins and keep thyself pure. So. One of the goals at Athean is, is just to have a group of guys that are gonna be solid, Bible-believing, Christ-loving, Jesus-following men who are willing to lead by example and, and do it in a way that's congruent with the rest of the leadership at Athean to make sure we're all kind of going the same way um, and uh, having kind of the same attitudes and actions. Um, requirements that I wouldn't put on anybody else in other churches, uh, they can do it how they are called to do it and it's all good. But at Athey, we have kind of, we got kind of a thing we're, we're really shooting for, and that's one of the things we're looking for. You say, well, Brad, I'm too busy. Um, uh, there's other things, I am coaching this, and I'm doing that, and that, that may, may be who you're called to be, and that's great. But if you wonder, should I be doing something that I would say is one of the most important things you can do? To be a person who, um, who, who leads the church of Jesus Christ, I'm just gonna say that's probably one of the most important things a guy can do in his life, more than coaching junior high football. I coached junior high football for a while um, uh, and it was fun, it was great. Um, but you know what? I, I've never regretted leading in the church and being a part of something that's eternal, something that's weighty. And I think even your family and your kids will ultimately be blessed by your role as a leader here. Um, and uh, I would just have you pray about that. And if you're saying, nope, Brett, I've got other things I'm doing, that's great, would, but would you be praying that the Lord would raise up more leaders in the church? Because we need that. So uh, hopefully this is a little bit like iron sharpening iron as our iron works theme here, is that you, you kind of are challenged to pray about, Lord, what's my role? And uh, I forgot to mention one thing, uh, and this is good, because this is kind of a big deal. How do you get in? Well, Pastor Brett, you don't have coffee with Pastor Brett anymore, but you do find a leader that's currently engaged here at Athe and get to know him. And even, remember, he who desires the office of a bishop, let people know that you'd like to be in leadership here. Let the guys that are in leadership know that you would like to be in leadership. Uh, don't be bashful. So if you're out in the parking lot and you're like, man, I'd like to be an elder here someday or a leader, uh, find a leader in the parking lot, a Bill or the guys are out there, you know, or, or Davey's out there. You know, people that are leading already and, and, and you know, get to know and say, well, if you wanna do this, this is kind of the way they do that and get to know those guys and start meeting with our pastors, you know, call the church office and say, can I have coffee with Gabe or Kaipo or Brian or Ian or like, uh, well, Brett, we just don't know who the guys are. Call the church. Um, if you're currently a pastor, elder, or deacon, would you please stand up? I'm gonna embarrass all my, my guys here. Go ahead, do that now. One, two, okay, you guys, you guys are all slow. Okay, so there's just a few guys right there, um, good. And um, let's see here. So uh, if you mark that guy that's near you and say, I'm gonna go talk to that guy someday, okay? So look around. And you guys sit down now. I know I made you um, embarrassed, but find those guys. Um, and uh, you know what this just showed me, Drew, is uh, when you stood up, I was like, where's all our guys? That's why we need leadership. <laughs> That's a pretty small group here at the Men's Ironworks. I've got to talk to the brothers. Uh, <laughs> where, where are all our guys today? <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. Um, there should be about 50 guys uh, that are standing, but uh, they're all busy, I'm sure, uh, praying. <laughs> um, <laughs> praying. Uh, yeah, having a beer. <laughs> oh man, who said that? You, that's, you're, you're hilarious. That, that's funny. Well, Lord, we are thankful so much for uh, just, just the, the, the roles that you've outlined in your word. And um, Lord, we do, we need more, more of your, um, your uh, raising up of leaders, Lord. We, we know we, we don't even have any real great wisdom to try to find the right guys, but you know all things. And so Lord, as we uh, prepare Athey Creek for this next season, I pray that you'd raise up more leaders, elders, pastors, um, deacons, uh, even Lord, how thankful are for the volunteers, the guys that have given so much time. And I pray that they would just continue to grow in faith and that Lord, you would move them to that place of, uh, of being uh, receptive to, to your call. 
So bless my brothers, Lord, go before us as a church, how we need you in these days, as these dark, dark days that we live to be uh, full of strong men in the church. So help us with that, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.